Hello, friends. I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. So we are in this conversation about experiencing God. And uh, we're doing it in three ways. We have these talks that we're doing on Sunday mornings or weekends because we also have a Saturday service. But we also uh, started crews. How many of you guys are a part of a crew right now? There's still time to be part of a crew. A crew is just small groups that meet during a week to go deeper. Uh, it's, a, it's a Bible study. It's, it's, it's therapy. It's prayer. It's fellowship. It's a little bit of everything. It's, it's trying to do life together. Uh, a group of anything from 7 to 15 people, they get together during the week to just go deeper. And also, we're reading a book. How many of you guys got the book and you're reading the book? And, um, so I encourage you, it's not too late to jump in on all three. You know, come to the services, go to crew, read the book. Um, if we're doing all of that, there's no way we're not going to be in the middle of God's will. Amen. And, and I want to talk to you today specifically about doing God's will. If you're taking notes, I want to talk to you specifically about doing God's will. And I want to read a, a verse to you from John chapter 4, verse 34. This is Jesus' words. And Jesus said this. He said, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me. And from finishing his work. My nourishment, that's another word for food. Like say, my, my, my food in life is to do the will of God. Can you say amen? amen? And so last week, we talked about how God wants us to experience his unconditional love. God wants to reveal his love to every single one of us. That's why the cross is such a powerful thing. It's God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And we talked about how eternal life is not when you die, you go somewhere. Eternal life is how you live now with the Lord in the middle of his will. Can you say amen? And, and as, you, as you embrace that love, God begins now to reveal his will. God will begin now to show you some things that he wants to do in your life but also through you. And so what happens is, as I surrender my life to the love of God, I begin to adjust my life to him and his purposes, right? There's an adjustment that takes place because I was living on my own. I was doing my own thing. And now that I know that he loves me and he's for me, and now I begin to adjust my life and surrender myself to him so I can see his will, right? A lot of times people say, uh, what is God's will for me? And I think that may not be necessarily the right question to ask. Because when we say, what is God's will for me, it reduces God to me. You know, I think a better question to ask is, what is God's will, period? Right? Because God's will is bigger than me. God's will is bigger than my world sometimes. You know, and sometimes when I'm thinking just about me, I might miss God because he's way bigger than just my little world and my little thing. You know, and so I think that once you understand the love of God, God expands his, his understanding of his will for your life. Because what happens is I'm not trying to seek something for me. I'm seeking what God is already doing. 
You see, the will of God has already been in motion ever before we were even born. Like, the God has a will. He, has a, he didn't start when I was born. Right? God has a will that's been going on for centuries, right? And so the key is I embrace his love, and then I begin to ask, okay, God, what is it that you are already doing? This motion has already been in place. You know, someone put it this way. It's like it, it, that, that the love of God is like a train that's already been in motion, right? The train is going somewhere. Now it's up to me to get on the board, on train, with, with, with his will and see what he's trying to take us. Can you say Amen. And so his plan for your life is based on what he's doing already in his world, not your world. It's his world. We just happen to live in it. Can you say amen? And so I enter this this love relationship with him, and he begins to initiate my involvement in his will. So God is the one that initiates the will. God is the one that pursues us. Right? God is the one that comes after us first. Right? We talked about it last week, that God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners. Right? Like he didn't wait for us to get our act together. He didn't wait for us to, to figure it out. We say, no, I'm coming to your mess so I can turn that mess into a message. Right? I'm coming into that confusion so I can bring clarity to it. Right? I'm coming into that, that situation so you can see me in that situation. So God is already at work. The key is now when I embrace his love, I begin to see, wait, there's actually a will that comes with his love. Can you say amen? So he is the one that, that introduces the assignment. Why? Because he is Lord. Right? Lord means he is the boss. He's in control. Right? I don't go to the boss and tell the boss what we're going to do. Right? The boss tells me what we're going to do. Right? The way my job situation is set up, there's a boss. Right? And, and this boss is, is the boss that loves me unconditionally. And, and so it's important that I start with his love because I'm not trying to earn it. Right? I'm not trying to get on God's good side. I already am on God's good side. So the key is, now that I understand that, all I have to do now is begin to yield myself to what he's already doing. In other words, I just got to follow his lead. Can you say amen? amen? See, when you follow God's lead, if you're taking notes, you don't box yourself in. What do I mean by that? When, when you follow God's will, you don't box yourself in because you don't just do the things you think you can do. See, when I say what is God's will for my life, it's the stuff that I know I can do. But God's will is bigger than me, and so I don't have to box myself in. I'll be able to do things that I didn't think I can do. Why? Because God, when he calls you, he's going to empower you to accomplish all the assignment that he has for you. Can you say amen? Like you're able to do things you never thought you can do. You're able to say things you never thought you could say. You're able to accomplish things you never thought you could accomplish. Why? Because you're just following the lead of the one who created you in the first place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You've been able to do things that you're like, I don't know how I did that. I don't know how I was able to say that. Well, he's looking back and going, well, I know why. (laughs) Right? And so so the key is, church, if 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 you're taking notes today, because he's the one that gives the assignment, right, he enables you to get it done. Therefore, I need to become Catch this, I need to become more God-centered than self-centered. Right? I need to become more God-conscious than me-conscious. Right? I need to be more aware of him than I'm aware of my shortcomings. Right? And so that's important. Why? Because 
if, if I'm not doing that, if I'm not in his will, then I'm on. Right? Then it's up to me. Right? The opposite of faith is self. Right? If I'm not riding the train, then I'm running, <laughs> trying to catch the train. You get what I'm saying? And so, and so think about that in life, right? When, when I'm stressed, when I'm worried, when I'm frustrated, when I'm anxious, maybe it's me running on my own as opposed to be going for a ride with the Lord. Can you say amen? Let me prove this to you. Jesus said this is a really powerful thing. Uh, he said this uh, in, in Matthew 11. He said, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. It's supposed to be say rest there, not test. I don't know, I don't know who, who changed Jesus' words up there. <laughs> Someone was tight when they were typing this. I mean a test. Okay. Someone on the media team decided, no, it says supposed to be rest. Okay, it's supposed to be rest. He said, walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Right? Learn. I love this line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. Anybody know that this is what it's all about right here? Right? What a beautiful concept that... that if I'm God-centered, then the pressure's off of me. Right? If I'm me-centered, then I'm, I'm, I'm tight. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I'm worried. I'm frustrated. Right? And you notice how he said, even religion could burn you out. Right? What is he saying? Sometimes religion is about what can I do for God. I got news for us this morning. God is way more interested in the love relationship that you have with him that you can do for him. Right? He just wants you to be useful in his will and his purpose, and he wants to give you some assignments, but he's way more concerned with your heart being at peace, being at ease, taking the pressure off, than he's you trying to make things happen for him. Can you say amen? And so he says, listen, you got to keep up with me because I have this unforced rhythm of grace for your life. What a great word. Right? In other words, Jesus is saying your life should have a rhythm to it. And it should feel like it's unforced, right? I don't know about you guys, but I can't dance. So whatever rhythm it is, like, it always looks forced. <laughs> you, know what I'm saying? you ever watch people that can't dance and you're like, man, that looks, that looks messy. That, that doesn't look fun, right? But then you see people that can dance, man. The, it's so graceful. It's just flowing. And especially when it's two people dancing, there's got to be a rhythm to it. You ever see two people not on the same page trying to dance? Like, it's tragic. It really, it, someone said it's tragic. It really is. You know, speaking of a train, that's a train wreck. You know, when, when two people can't dance, right? But the beauty of this, what Jesus was trying to say is, if you keep reading, he's saying, like, the way my relationship with you works is, you know, in dancing, the key is someone has to lead. If both are leading, you've got a problem. So there's got to be this, 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 even when you just meet someone and you're dancing with them, there's got to be this like, okay, who's leading? Because if you're both leading, it's going to be messy, right? So, so Jesus is saying, no, if, if you allow me to lead, then there's going to be this unforced rhythm of grace over your life. So in other words, your life should not look like a heavy metal song. 
If you like heavy metal, hey, go with me on this. But he's saying your life should be more like a jazz song. Like, like there's a rhythm to it, there's a peace to it, there's a grace to it. You know, like there's a rhythm of your life, right? Ask your neighbor, how's your rhythm of your life? Like, what's going on? How are you feeling? How are you doing? Are you tight? Are you worried? Are you frustrated? Are you headbanging right now? You, you need to give it to Jesus. Uh, so, so when I surrender to Jesus, I pick up his rhythm of life, which is the rhythm of grace. Can you say amen? In the book, Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby said this in the book, and it's really cool. He said, if you were to do everything that Jesus tells you one day at a time, you always would be right in the center of where God wants you to be. Isn't that awesome? Just one day at a time, right? Just doing what he calls me to do one day at a time, I will be dead smack in the middle of God's will. And that's what we call the sweet spot of grace. I am exactly where God wants me to be. I'm not wishing. I'm not hoping. I know exactly where I am. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way to God's will and purpose for my life. As you read the Bible, you see throughout the Bible, you see examples of this reality that God first establishes a relationship with someone, and then he begins to now reveal his assignments to them. Throughout the Bible, you see this. I want to give you one example today uh, of how, how this works. In Genesis chapter 12, you read about a man named Abraham, right? God meets this man, and he says this to him as they begin to progress their relationship. In Genesis 12, he says, The Lord has said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. What, a, what an awesome thing that the Lord will come to this man and say, leave your native country and go to the land that I will show you. Now, a little bit of context here. In that time, Abraham's time, people didn't really hear the voice of God. This time was about 400 years after Noah's Ark. You know the story that God flooded the, the earth and said, we're going to start over. Well, in 400-year period, people kind of went back to their own ways and kind of doing their own thing. And they began to kind of develop their own sense of what God is. And they began to worship the God of rain. And some people would start to worship God of fertility. Some would worship the God of harvest. In other words, they thought... Hey, whatever's producing for me, that must be God. And so I must do whatever I can to just make sure that those things are good. And in the middle of this, in the middle of this confusing, chaotic way of life and in, in, in in lost sense of spirituality, God says, well, I think it's time I introduce myself to one man and begin this process of revealing myself to all men. And so he goes to this man named Abraham in the middle of this, and he says, I want you to leave this place. Which, if you think about it, right, this is a time period where people lived together. They lived in tribes, and they, so they knew each other. They, they hung out together. Can you imagine being Abraham in that setting? Can you imagine you picking up your stuff and saying, I got to go, and people are like, where are you going? 
Funny thing is, God says, I will show you. So he has to be like, I don't know <laughs> where I'm going. I just feel this urge that I need to leave this place. A voice told me, a voice told you that you got to go. You, you, you might think Abraham is mentally ill because he hears God and God says, go, right? Isn't it interesting when you enter into a relationship with the Lord, you begin to hear him. You begin to hear his voice. You begin to know he's leading you somewhere. And sometimes people around you might think you're a little bit, you know, might, you know, they'll start praying for you even though they don't believe in God because they're like, I'm worried. I remember someone told that to my mom. When I heard the voice of God to, 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 to go become a pastor, it, this, this woman that worked with my mom said to, to my mom, like, is your son okay? Isn't he a little bit too young to be thinking? I was 20 years old, you know, and, and she was worried for me, you know. But I, I knew that I had heard the voice of God, right. that I was supposed to go and do his will. Have you heard the voice of God recently? I believe he's speaking to you right this very moment. God is that unique. He's that personal. And he wants to do some things in your life that sometimes doesn't make sense to those around you. Because not everybody's in tune yet with this voice. Right? And so you got to make up your mind a certain point in your life that I am going to, I have to make up my mind that if God spoke to me, I need to listen. Because sometimes his will for my life may not line up with someone else's will or what they think my life should look like or feel like or act like. I need to hear the tangible, sweet voice of God that says, I need you to go. Can you say amen? And, 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 so, and so this man, Abraham, hears this voice and, 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 and he's so in tune with the love of God that he picks up to go, even though he doesn't know where he's going. Listen, if you're taking notes, usually the will of God begins with just one command. God doesn't give you a hundred things to do. God will usually begin with one thing. And if you're paying attention, usually God's voice begins with leave your comfort zone. Whatever that is. Now you got to fill in the blanks. To Abraham, he said, leave your country. To some people, he says, leave that job. Others, he says, leave that relationship. To others, he says, leave that neighborhood. Leave that friendship. I don't know what God is telling you today, but it usually starts with just one word. It starts with one word. Because God has a hard time working to where he wants to take you if you are in your comfort zone. Now, I, I, I got I I a challenging word for us today. Sometimes the, the obstacle to God's will are not bad things. They're good things that are keeping us from great things. Are you, did you catch that? Sometimes it's not bad things because sometimes the bad things are easy to, to, to pinpoint. But it's sometimes it's the good things that has made you settle for something less than great that God has for your life. It's the good things. Think about this. Think about this, right? I need you to think about this. It's a challenging word. Sometimes it's not the bad friends. It's the good friends that you've become comfortable with. That hasn't allowed you to progress in your walk with the Lord. Like it's the good friends. That when you begin to talk this way and they shut it down, they're like, come on, we're good. We're good. There's nothing wrong with us. I, you know what I always tell young people? I tell them, I challenge them with this. I said, I tell young people, listen, don't go by what's not right. 
go by what's good. Right? Because sometimes we live on the defense. I'm not doing anything wrong. You may not be doing anything wrong, but what are you doing right? There's a difference. Right? There's a difference. See, religion says, don't do this, don't do that. But that doesn't mean you're doing God's will. We're supposed to live on the offense. There's something that God wants to accomplish through you if you're paying attention. And usually it begins with just one command. Leave your comfort zone. Can you say Amen. See, see, God, if you're taking notes, God will give us very little detail on purpose. So you can trust him one step at a time. One moment at a time. Jesus says this in Matthew 6, He said, look, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And he was talking about the daily Things that we're looking for. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? What am I going to do for work? He said, well, if you could just seek me above all else, live righteously, I will take care of everything else. See, that's the rhythm of grace I'm talking about. It takes the pressure off of me to try to make something happen if I can just yield myself to his will. Just one day at a time can you say amen. Amen. See, I want to say this again. God is more interested in your love relationship with you than he is in what you can do for him. And as he fills you with his presence, he will guide you to his will. That's a good word. As he fills you with his presence, he guides you with his will. See, I don't know about you guys, but I'm way more productive when I'm seeking God first. Like, I'm way more effective when I'm actually settled in my spirit. Like, you know, joking about the heavy metal thing. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes life feels like you're just headbanging but you ever feel that way? You just feel like you're just grinding, but not in a good way? You know, every day I'm hustling, hustling. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that is the, 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 the thing lately, you know, get up and hustle, workflow, which is good. But I think there's a difference between grinding and hustling. Like sometimes when your wheels are grinding... You know what I'm talking about? When like, you just like, it's like every part of you is just grinding. I just got to get through this day. You know, and the problem is then it turns to two days and three days. Now it's a month. I got to get through this month. I don't know where that comes from. But, um, but there's a, 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 a sweet spirit that comes over you when you're seeking first, God. When you're taking time to say, God, what are we doing today? Or better yet, God, what are you doing? Make me aware of what you're doing so I'm not fighting against you. Did you know there's sometimes, this is, might be deep. Sometimes people in the name of God will fight God. I don't know if you catch that. Sometimes we think like, I'm got to do this because it's the thing I need to do. But if you consult it with God to say, Lord, is this your will for me? Before you get into a relationship, ask the Lord that question. That will bless you. Like, he's the greatest counselor you will ever have. Lord, you know me. You know what I look for in a relationship. Is this a good thing for me? Like, is this a godly thing for me? Is this a blessed thing for me? Not just for me, but for the other person. Because when you care about the will of God, you care about the other person that you're entering into a relationship with. Can you say amen? And so, listen, I'm usually way more productive. and and, and, And I'm less productive when I'm rushing through life. 
Isn't it funny? When you have so much to do, you end up doing absolutely nothing. Isn't it true? Right? You're like, I got so much to do. Netflix. Netflix and chill. <laughs> so here's what I'm trying to get at church. When we're in the middle of God's will, right? I don't have to rush through things. I don't have to try to be a busybody. I want to be busy for the right reasons. Right? When I walk with the Lord, I just don't do something just for doing. I want to follow his will. Jesus said, I'm the way. So, so, so Jesus becomes my way. One day at a time. Just one moment at a time. One step at a time. Look at this verse, right? Paul said this really powerful concept about already established that the will of God is being done. I love this. Paul said this in Philippians. He said, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. How cool is that? That God's already working in you. Right? And he's the one that puts the desire in you and the power to do what pleases him. So I don't have to grind my way through life. I can submit my way through life. I can surrender my way through life. I can be empowered through life. That I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength to get it done. Can the church say amen in this place? Now notice, he told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. Did you catch that? Right? See, God wants to bless us in order to be a blessing. See, if you're taking notes, that's God's will in a nutshell. God will bless you to be a blessing. Every time. Search the scriptures, you'll see it. Every time he calls someone into a relationship with him, he, his assignment is you're going to go be a blessing. We talked about Moses, right? He said, Moses, it's time for you to go back to Egypt and go be a blessing there and bring people out of Egypt. Right? With Abraham, he says, leave your country. I'm going to bless you that you're going to be a blessing. And then he tells the same thing to Isaac. And then he says the same thing to Jacob. And he goes on and on and on till today in this 21st century. God is still calling people into a love relationship with him. And then he says, now I'm going to bless you. But the key is you got to be a blessing. Can you say amen? Right? So I want to I I give you a daily conviction today, church, if you're taking notes. Here's a daily conviction I believe we should all have as we enter this relationship with the Lord about doing his will. I believe a daily conviction should look like this. Simply saying, Lord, I'm yours today. And I want to live my life in the middle of your will. Help me to bless one person today. I want to say that again. Lord, I'm yours today. I want to live my life in the middle of your will. Help me bless one person today. After you pray that prayer, sit back and just wait and see. This is where coincidences begin to happen. This is where you're like, oh, I can't believe this. God's like, "Uh, I believe it. You put me in the middle of your will, then I'm going to put you in the middle of my will. Right? And I'm going to use you. And you'll, be, and you'll be amazed. Like, it's not every day that you're going to hear fireworks. But I, I, I equate it with baseball. I'm not a big baseball fan, but I like this analogy. I equate it with sometimes it's not a home run. It's just a base hit. And who knows, sometimes in baseball, a base hit is better than a home run. If you're, if you're behind four or five runs, you need a few people on base. 
right? How about if every day we have this concept, God, I'm stepping up. I might hit a single today. But that single is going to be a blessing to someone's life today. You know? Just one step at a time. See, the Lord said, don't worry about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow has its own troubles. You have enough time. You have a hard time with today. Why are, you, why are you focusing on tomorrow already? Right? He said, focus on today, and I will give you the revelation for tomorrow. Because all we have is today. Even now, right? Isn't that a wrestling match in your minds to be here right now? Because your mind's like, yeah, but we got to go cook. We got to go. We got laundry to do. We got shopping to do. You know, we got Netflix to catch up on. You know, it's just, there's so many things, right? But focus on today. See, I look at it this way. I look at it this way if you're taking notes. Doing God's will is like a daily investment that compounds over time. The best investments are long haul. Right? The people who do really well in life, they understand I'm investing for the long haul. But they take full advantage of today, believing that today is going to affect tomorrow. And tomorrow is today. Right? And today, I'm going to affect my tomorrow again. Right? When I was in Cape Verde, uh, I was a kid, I was intrigued by this, by this uh, barber shop that we used to go to. That it just messed with me. I was a little kid, and I would see this sign on this man's uh, uh, mirror. It said, uh, you, you get a, hair, a free haircut tomorrow. <laughs> and as a kid, it used to mess with me. Like, when is Tomorrow. I want the free haircut, you know, and every time I showed up, you will get a free haircut tomorrow, you know, how many know that it wasn't adding freedom to my life, it was adding pressure to my life, like, when is tomorrow going to be, all we have is today, can you say amen, and so I want to be available today, I want to be fully present today, can you say amen, see, Abraham, if you study his life, it began with that one command, leave. Leave your comfort zone, Abraham. But from there, each day he had to show up in life and be ready to receive the next voice. So a lot of times when you come to church, you, you say a prayer. Lord, come into my life. That's great. But the real journey is what you do tomorrow as you approach that today is all you have. Right? And so each day, what I want to do is, is just put myself in his will so I can hear his voice. And, and here's the thing, church. As he obeyed, he was able to see the next step. As you obey, the Lord will reveal the next thing. As you obey, the Lord will show you the next thing. Right? As, as you take that first step of faith, the Lord says, now you're ready for the next step. Right? You want to live in step with me. And so I got to ask you this question today, church. What is God telling you today? What's he telling you today? Because that's the catalyst for your tomorrow and your next day. Look, look, look at the scripture says in Psalm 105, verse five, 105. Look, Psalm 19, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. What I love about this illustration is a lamp only guides the immediate. A lamp doesn't cover the entire room or the entire house. Right? Or a lamppost outside will cover just the immediate. If you don't have another lamppost over there, it's pitch black. Right? So God's like, I'll give you enough for today. 
as you embrace me today, then I'll show you what's next for tomorrow. And that's what God's word is all about. I go to it because in here is where I find the revelation that he has for my life. Can you say amen? You see, write this down. As you trust and obey him, he will light the next step before you. He will show you the next thing. He's faithful to do that. Remember, he initiates it. If he initiates it, he wants to show you. He wants to reveal. Sometimes we just got to be still and know that he is God. Right? A little over four years ago, we heard a voice saying, go to New Bedford. And that was it. That was it. There was no go to New Bedford and I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. He's like, no, go to New Bedford. Once we moved, he's like, now stop praying. Stop praying. Well, stop putting a team together now. Stop putting a team together now. Well, start looking for where you're going to have church. <laughs> it's like, that was it, honestly. It was like one step at the time. Right? And we look back now, four years, it's been a lot of steps at a time to get to this point today in life. You know? You will see the fruits if you show up to life every day. And just do what he calls you to do right in front of you. Right? And so I want to ask you again, what is God saying to you today? And I want to leave you today with just this basic things. You guys can come up. I want to leave you with this. Henry Blackaby talks about this in the book. He said, agree with God that you will follow him one day at a time. Agree to follow him even when he does not spell out all the details. Remember, he's God. And number three, agree that you will let him be your way. What is God's will for my life? That's the wrong question. The right question is, what is God's will? What's he doing already right now? What's the one thing that he's saying to me today? That's going to be the catalyst for tomorrow. It won't all make sense. But he's faithful to reveal the next step. And that's where the relationship comes in. That's where the seeking him comes in. He said, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. What is God's will? We know first of all that his will is, I want to have a relationship with you. I want you to know me. I want you to have an encounter with me. And from there, I'll begin to reveal to you the things that I believe I want to do. Not just in you, but through you. You know, Billy Graham passed away this week. And what a great example of what it means to do God's will. The man was 99 years old. Received God's calling when he was a teenager. And decided, I'm just going to put myself in the will of God every day. Just going to put myself in the will of God every day. If you don't know Billy Graham, Google him. Probably the most noticeable person in the last 100 years of Christianity. We put Billy Graham up there with people like Martin Luther King Jr. who changed the world. And I believe at the end of all of us, we want to hear God say what I believe he told Billy Graham this week. He said, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. 
and uh, hope to see you soon.